everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Hey. Are we on? <laughs> We're on, babe. That was a big sigh. I'm so I'm so tired. I don't know whether it's hormonal or I might be getting ill, but I don't feel with it whatsoever. How are you? I am very well. So Amelia, actually, we've all managed to sync. We're all premenstrual at the moment. So I told you that I was gonna put my put my bets in the in the anti-science camp for the first and last time ever and say I genuinely think it happens I genuinely we we synced the first time as well like when we first got here so it wasn't sinking it was just coincidental well I don't know I've told you my stories about going on girls holidays and everyone coming on at the same time yeah I didn't buy it (laughs) no (laughs) and I'd be really freaking worried if that happened if hormones could just like flow through the air, that would be- I wonder what, I wonder what Amelia's take on it is, because she's got quite like a- Well, no, so we, we had this discussion and I was like, do you think that happens? She's like, well, yeah, like, I guess, like people always say it does. And then we actually looked into it and we're like, how on earth, like, why did we even think that that was the thing? Like, you <laughs> question stuff, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, kind of- <laughs> Anecdotally, uh, I'm, I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by it. It happens all the time. It's too weird. It's too coincidental. Anyway, show everybody what you did. It's just like, it's a great example of like, almost like survivorship bias in a different situation. Yeah. So like, oh my God, look, it worked for that person. It'll work for me. And like, very good point. They're they're the ones that won the, I don't know, the lottery, not the millions of other people that didn't, but you hear about them. (laughs) You don't hear about millions of people that spend that do the lottery every week and never win, but you hear about the one person that does. And it's yeah. like, you, you wouldn't be like, oh my God, so strange. We went on a girl's holiday and like, I have my period, but some of the other girls didn't. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't say that. Whereas if you were like, how weird, all five of us had our cycle at the same time. You'd be like- That's that. something, yeah, that you'd perpetuate. That's a, that you make a very, very good point, Emma Story Gordon. Thanks. Thanks, Clay Maidley. Show everybody what you did. <sighs> oh, I got a tattoo. And we got t- is it a wave it's a wave with a rainbow with with, oh, with a with oh is that wait let me see oh yeah I see oh it's so cute and you like it you're happy yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna get it and then I saw Amelia's which is like unbelievable and I was I like I want, yeah. I want one I love it um okay right Shit, I don't have the questions up but we do have an announcement first so we're doing something a little bit different. As you know, we're both having a bit of a break over the Christmas period and we will be back. We're doing the 3rd of Jan to start, aren't we? Yeah. So we'll be straight back into it. But anyone that signs up as a grad, we want to support you through the Christmas period. And we know that that can be quite a turbulent time and a lot of people kind of fall off track. So we're going to have a whole load of files. We're going to make a new Facebook group where all of the grads will be so you can support each other. 
and you're going to have new workouts and you will be well supported throughout but you need to sign up to that this week I will post the link later on today it might be tonight well it will definitely be there by tomorrow um so that you get access to the group before this group closes and then you will have like basically you're getting a good couple of months free before yeah. we start in January so yeah it's, it's definitely guys it's a good idea to sign up sooner rather than later because as soon as this round ends you're not going to have access to th that link anymore and that link is the link that you need if you want to have all the files which are going to tide you over all the workouts that we're leaving you with in the christmas period like i was saying the facebook group we've got a holding group for you guys so we're doing our utmost to make sure that you're happy and and you feel se secure as emma said and you know but I'm sure people listening will be like, it's just Christmas. Like, what's the big it's like a lot of people have a lot of food anxiety and alcohol anxiety and weight gain anxiety around Christmas. It's quite nice to have some support and also just have some tangible tools, you know, at your disposal. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely a good idea to sign up sooner rather than later. Now, that being said, if someone's like, no, I really can't, obviously you can sign up using the other link close to the time, but you do miss out on all of the all of the treats that we're leaving yeah. you with. And we're gonna do a special episode as well on like fears around putting weight on at Christmas and how to manage food at Christmas and how to enjoy yourself without like feeling like you've gone off track because really that's what we want is guilt-free enjoyment of food enjoyment of Christmas and you know there's, there's almost like no point eating the mince pie if you're then going to spend the next three hours beating yourself up about it so we want to get you out of that headspace so you can actually enjoy food with your family make memories and then move on and if you want to lose, you know, if you put on a few pounds and you want to lose it in January, great. That's what we do in January. You literally have the rest of the year. But it also doesn't mean you go straight the other way and the pendulum swing and just think, I'll oh, just eat absolutely everything and then start again in January. You won't thank yourself for that. So just like we've got some tools, some mental models that we're going to share with you probably in the next live um, to leave you with as well that period also i haven't run this past clear yet but i have like an accountability idea for us as well so i like that i like that and yeah I, I like what you said you know this i think a lot of people over christmas can relate to like eating to the point where even though they're full they're still eating because it's christmas and that is just as negative a relationship with food as you know not eating enough not eating anything at christmas because you're terrified of gaining weight you know, and, and, you know, one of them is perfectly okay to talk about and the other one isn't, you know, because it's Christmas. It's like, well, no, as always, the answer's in the middle. And that's what Emma and I are really going to try and, 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 and set you guys up for. Um, right. So before we, do you have anything else? Um, I did have a little bit of something that I just wanted to like briefly discuss because it's come up a few times. And I noticed that someone from the EC method replied to this as well. But someone asked me something on my story about, um avoiding certain foods because she'd been told she was intolerant to them but then found that she kept binging on them because she was trying to avoid them and I, I kind of read it as mm, you've done one of these shitty intolerance tests which yeah. are yeah. absolute bullshit and you've been told that you can't eat essentially what it will tell you because it, it some some of them are slightly different but like the blood test ones which are the ones that most people buy into because they seem quite legit it's like oh it's a blood test that must be legit but it will usually tell you that you are intolerant to the things that you eat most common because that's what's going to show up more. Yeah. 
that means that you cut out all of these things. It often means that your symptoms improve because if you were intolerant to just one of those, then your symptoms would improve, but it leaves you with a ridiculously restrictive diet and can lead to things like binge eating or really poor relationship with food. And just to like reiterate, like these things are absolute bullshit, complete scams and do not work. And I spoke to this girl about it quite a lot because she was like, yeah, but my doctors weren't helpful at all. And I completely resonate with that. And I understand that, but it's not that they're not being helpful. It's that that there isn't a blood test for this stuff. Like there is celiac, there is for lactose intolerance, but for food intolerances, there isn't specific blood tests that you can just go and get done. That's why you have to do elimination diets, which are really hard to do. And which if you are going to do, I would speak to a dietitian and do it properly. Yeah. Um, which your doctor can refer you to and probably should have referred you to. Yeah. But you can't, like, these tests are, are just crap and they're really negatively affecting people. I know that I had a couple of responses to that, including someone from the EC method who had been like, oh, I haven't eaten this for years because X, Y, Z, because I did this test and it told me I shouldn't. Yeah, that, I love that you've addressed that. Um, I kind of thought everyone knew they were bullshit at this point. I kind of thought everyone... Me too. Yeah, and this- I was like... Shit, yeah, this, this again. Yeah, this is a problem when we do what we do. I think sometimes we forget that we're not, we are in our own echo chamber, so we know, you know, about these kinds of things. Yeah, Emma's right, you know, unless you're doing like FODMAP and you and you really do, your, your doctor should have recommended you to a dietitian because I'm sorry, I'm really pro-doctors. Like I heard this really annoying debate on the radio the other day and everyone was just going in on GPs because so many of them are leaving the profession. And I was like, fuck off. Do you have any idea how hard that job is? Like Emma and I obviously know like a couple of doctors and like it is no joke. But anyway, I'm really pro-doctor, but I, I'm, I'll just be straight with you. Just because they're a doctor doesn't mean that they know anything about nutrition or your or your diet, dietetics. Like it, it, it's really inappropriate that they didn't refer that girl to a dietitian. And yeah, you have to do the elimination diet. And it is really long-winded and you need the support of a professional. You need someone who's going to help you do it and structure it because it's very difficult to do. Um, but I love that you, I love that you've called that, Emma. I just haven't thought about that in ages. I know, me neither. And guys, if you, like, obviously you have the group. So post, tag us, we can recommend you. Like, you get access to our network as well. And we're more than happy to be like, these are great people to go and speak to if you don't have a dietitian. But the best way to do it is probably to speak to a doctor and get a referral. Because if you go privately, it's obviously going to cost you a lot more money. Um, I think Laura Tilt still does like some kind of course that you can do online which is relatively cheap which is like a FODMAP diet elimination diet type course which is amazing so yeah let us know if if anyone is in that position and needs some help just reach out to us um have you heard that they're going to release all of the salaries of GPs make it public knowledge yeah yeah I have that's incredible like I mean yeah I think that'd be eye-opening. Like, I agree with you. I'm absolutely pro-doctor, but some GPs get paid a ridiculous amount. And I'm sorry, but if it was run a little bit more, like, business savvy, it would just be a lot better. Like, to my GP is like, if you want an appointment, everyone has to call at 8 a.m. Right. And then if you miss your appointment, like, if you don't get one, you just have to call right. back the next day. Like, that is the worst idea I've ever heard. Ever. Like, how, why yeah. did anyone think that was a good idea? It makes me really angry. Like, really, really angry. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And then they'll ask you, and, like, obviously I know this now, but the first time I, I was, like, oh, calling up, and they're like, 
is it an emergency that you need to see someone stay? And I was like, oh no, it's not an emergency. Like I just want to speak to a doctor. And they're like, okay, well then you'll just have to call back another day. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, I was like, what? I said, wait until it's an emergency. And they were like, yeah. Yeah. If it was an emergency, I'd be at freaking A&E. Like, I think emergency to different people means different things. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my brain is not working today. This is like where I end my communication. Right, do we have anything on the live before we go to the questions? No, we good. Let's go straight to the question. Okay. Charlotte James, have both. I just wondered if there was any benefit to me adding in a yoga or a Pilates session each week for the purpose. <laughs> I, love, I love this question. For the purpose of lengthening my muscles and making them more elongated. Is this a thing or is this a myth? Okay, guys. So other than when you are literally stretching your body or you are in kind of an eccentric um, part of a lift, there is no workout routine. There is no exercise which is going to change the length of your muscle. It's an immediate thing that happens when you bend, when you move. Um, but your muscle insertion points are predetermined. You're, you're, so the length of your muscles is predetermined. What we can do is grow your muscle, obviously, um, with, you know, resistance training and, you know, muscle protein. Gyms. I mean, we've talked about, we could talk about that. But that's a different topic in and of itself. The way that your muscles are going to form is, again, like in terms of like, say, if you do have um, effective uh, muscle hypertrophy occurring, the way that they're going to form and grow is, again, predetermined is in it's genetic it is, it's written in the stars it's got fuck all to do with what type of exercise you're doing so every time you hear some fucking dickhead saying do pilates do bar because you want long lean muscles you don't want short bulky muscles literally run in the other direction because that person is so unbelievably ill-informed that they do not deserve one more second of your time okay <laughs> okay okay guys somebody understand <laughs> um we should do red flags for personal training like for what people say online not just personal training, but like influencers and stuff like like mine this morning is if an influencer or someone online is telling you that you shouldn't take hormonal contraceptives because oh yeah external hormones are, are bad and not natural like they are massively naive and short-sighted and you shouldn't listen to their advice um also on that point I think that the reason a lot of people are drawn to that is that it's like a problem with cause and effect because you'll often see people yoga or exactly ballerinas you're like oh my god they have such long limbs and muscles and it's like yeah because ballerinas that's why they've been like like yeah and and to an extent sometimes the same is true for like sprinters like oh look power like power athletes look like this and like to an extent they do but also the reason that they're olympic level sprinters is because they have a lot of type 2 fibers they probably have like predisposed to having muscles like that so there's a huge genetic element in that as well and yeah you're right like i'm sorry but four foot tall moira isn't gonna end up looking like a six foot ballerina by going to bar class like it's just a you're completely right I think people look at ballerina and I I've had this rant on my page before and maybe I'll maybe I'll bring it back um 
but I had when I had this rant before on Instagram I got so many naive and I, I feel I do feel bad for them because obviously they've been convinced of this but you know there's so many naive comments underneath from women being like well then why do ballerinas look like ballerinas and, and female boxers look like female boxers and it's like because it's genetically predetermined that they are an outlier and they they are going to be fantastic and do you know how many times growing up some of my friends had sentences like oh wow you've got a ballerina's body so then they went and started doing ballet I was going to say ballerina <laughs> ballet um and you know James if James went and did that but well actually male um is ballerinas are is for is gender neutral right uh yeah yeah ballerina yeah, yeah male ballerinas are actually pretty fucking jacked to be fair um but you know, James was was told from the second he was one, oh, he's big. Look at those legs. He's going to be a rugby player. It, that's why. And and like I say, it's it's got nothing to do with the fact that these girls are uh, uh, you know in a ballet studio five days a week. And also, you know, a lot of that we know eating disorders are rife in that industry specifically, which is why they look so waif because uh, you know they're not eating enough. Um, so yeah. It always amazes me how much, like, so my cousin is a ballerina and went to like the Royal and like did, you know, and, and I remember meeting her at lunchtime once and when I worked in London as well. And she, she'd already done like five hours of class and then they were like having a break and going back to, and I'm like, how are you doing that off like two carrot sticks? Mad. It's, it's mental. The amount that they train for that, I mean, I would say sport, but I suppose it's considered an art form. The amount that they train, the things that they do to their bodies, it's A, astonishingly impressive and B, astonishingly unhealthy. Mm. Like it's insane, um, but very, very, very impressive. Yeah, agreed. Okay, next question. Okay, is there anything on the live? No, which worries me slightly. I have a little look. It worried me that we didn't have anything. Hang on. <laughs> have I gone into the wrong group? Okay, just make sure this is down. No, we are in the right group, aren't we? No, we're in the right group. I'm just checking to see if we definitely don't have any comments. Yeah, we definitely don't. How rude. There's only 10 people watching. Well, yours always says more than mine. I don't know why. Anyway. We are. Oh, oh. we're on. Oh, right let's it's gonna distract me all right people saying we're here hello okay thanks guys hi Liz hi Laura come on guys pipe up get involved <laughs> do you know what maybe we'll actually get through some questions today we're gonna finish them today I know we are there's, there's like right, we've got this. yeah Claire Davies uh greetings another question Quezzy if you can gain weight in the day via water retention or whatever whether it be hormones, booze, food, volume, et cetera, why does it not go away as quickly as it shows up? It can gain a couple of pounds after a night out, but it'll take two to three days of consistency to go away again. Why does it not vanish at the same rate that it appeared? Emma? Unfortunately, that's life, I think. And it could be numerous things. It could be a bit of food volume. It could be a bit of water retention. Um, that there isn't a, like a logical reason I mean that we could make up something but like realistically that that's just how things happen unfortunately but there are times where it, there are times where it will go over, overnight 100 percent. there are times where you know you'll wake up and be 
three pounds lower than you were the night before, like it, it, the day before, I should say, like it, it can work either way. And yeah, I think if it's if it's not um, if it if it doesn't disappear, you know, it takes a few days. Yeah, like Emma said, you know, to think about storage. Not only you know if you've got you know the increased food volume and potentially increased kind of salt intake and which can lead to water retention, but you know if you're having if like a really a higher carb day or whatever, you're talking you know glycogen storage again, which will lead to water storage and yeah, good question though. Yeah. Also on this point because. Um, I'm just replying to something from Claire and I thought this might be just good to reply here um, in relation to diet and IVF so there isn't yeah. an optimal diet for fertility but what we know like high level is that consuming largely pescatarian sources of protein especially soy over things like red meat and chicken is good that's not to say you can't have red meat or chicken, but if you just sort of like predispose your diet that way, it's probably a good thing. Um, low trans fats, high monosaturated fats. Claire was saying that she struggles to get in fats within her yeah. calories. Yes, yeah. that is true. Like fats are more calorie dense, but equally, if, if your priority is fertility, then if you put on, you know, if you're going slightly over your calories and clay, you don't really need to worry about your calories. You're meant to be at maintenance, but you're still getting a little bit leaner. So yeah. if you did increase your calories a little bit by increasing um, mono unsaturated fats, then that would probably be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, high fiber diet with low GI carbohydrates, inclusion of high fat dairy. So that'd be a good place to start refats. Um, mm -hmm. Lots of high iron vegetables, and then there's some pretty weak uh, evidence for certain supplements, but like definitely omega-3, definitely vitamin D, E, C. Um, and then folate has slightly stronger evidence behind it. Mm. So that, those would be like some considerations, just like little tweaks to your diet. Again, most of these considerations are actually pretty good for most people's diets. Yeah. So I'm thinking lots of spinach and cheese omelets in your, in your immediate future, Claire. A nice vision. Uh, just thinking every time you every time you mentioned something, I was like, I would apply it to a food group, and I just ended up with spinach and cheese omelet. Yeah. There you go. Uh, there's your new lunch every day. Um, okay. Nikki Cooley. Hey Clemma. I recently had COVID, so this is my first week back at work, and I've only managed two workouts. I'm still tired, and I think I'm gonna struggle to get another one in this week. The rest of the NAs. I think she was an end. Uh, pretty on target. Calories are at about 1800. I've stuck at maintenance for about five weeks, but I want to be in fat loss. This is my third round, but that extra push just seems like so much of a struggle to get that extra one kg off. Plus, I spoke to a friend yesterday doing fucking Herbalife, which I absolutely detest. And now she's dropped even more weight. Just a bit moany and crabby. So, any tips to push on would be good right now. Love you both. Okay, Nikki, you, you've had COVID, you've gone back to work and you're starting to feel quite um, tired and run down. Put the fucking workouts on hold because you don't want to push it and end up getting long COVID, finding it really hard to get over it. Like you need to take it really easy still. Um, if, you want, if you want to speed up your rate of loss and you know, you're on 1800 uh, calories and making sure that you're hitting the steps, you just need to drop your calories a bit. Just come down to 1600 and you'll probably speed up your rate of loss. Um, and yeah, those are my thoughts. Emma, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the only addition I would add is if you're getting annoyed at your friend who's doing Herbalife and seems to be dropping weight, like 
the basic rationale probably behind that is that she's eating less food and she's just drinking shakes, which means that, yes, you probably will drop weight quicker. That's not necessarily fat. I'd also be interested to see the long-term impact of that. Like, is she going to stay on Herbalife forever? And then just think of like the cost of that. Not, and I don't mean the financial cost, but I mean like the cost to her life, the cost to her relationship with food, the cost that will mean that she can't enjoy Christmas dinner in the same way that you can without guilt, without food freedom. Like there's a huge cost to going on very restrictive diets and Mm. you're not having to pay that cost. So just try and think about like the, although you might want her results, you don't want to pay the cost of those results and they're only ever going to be short term. So that should help with the sort of slight envy that you're feeling. But it sounds like you're just feeling a little bit down, which is completely understandable after having COVID and you're tired and fatigued and that always impacts your mood as well. And that just makes everything just seem a little bit harder. Yeah, amazing points raised by Emma. So some some golden nuggets that I heard were, is she going to be on Herbalife forever? Which basically means, is she going to be able to maintain where she's at now forever? And then the second one, what's the cost? Quote of the day, not the financial cost, the cost to her life. We're very good, very good. Thanks, babe. Thanks. Fired. Fired. Thanks. Okay, last the, the take homes, the highlights out of that. Um, <laughs> we've got a question from Laura here. Uh, just wanted to say that this round has been difficult for me, and I appreciate the support from you both and the group. I'm working on my mindset at the moment. Can I have a reminder of your best tips to dealing with stress and temptation? Emma, you start. <laughs> My brain very slow today. I need a little bit of revving up. Re, okay, so I'll start with stress. I, I like to reframe stress in this way. And when I think you dig down into almost whatever the stress is, it's normally an underlying positive in your life. So if you're like, I feel stressed because... I'm trying to stick to this diet and I'm trying to look after my kids and I've got a busy job and blah, 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 blah. Like when you break each of those things down, they're all positives. Like you have kids that you love, that you care about, that you want to be a good parent to. That's definitely a positive. You have a job that you actually care about, that you're passionate about, that you want to do well in. That's a positive as well. Um, You've got goals that you want to achieve. Again, like even taking it back, like Chloe's mentioned this before, but like the huge privilege that we have to be able to choose what we eat, to be able to diet. And I think if you dig into your stresses a little bit, you realize that they are all positives and that if anything, we should be quite grateful for our stresses and that kind of helps you reframe them. That's not to say that you don't still feel stressed, but you can see that actually having some kind of life stress is a good thing. And that if we took away all of your life stress for you, you would have nothing left in your life. So Mm. it's not negative. And I'm not saying that that makes it easy, but that helps to reframe it. That's how I like to reframe stress. Yeah, I, I, I love everything Emma said. And also, you know, like everything in life, stress is part of it. It comes with being a human being, um, especially, you know, in the Western world. And it's also just in terms of like evolutionarily, it's kind of how we're made. It, it, you know, stress is something which absolutely every human on the face of the earth is gonna have to deal with in some context in their lifetime. So understanding that and understanding that will be in flux. You'll have periods where you feel very calm and very relaxed. You'll have periods where you feel like you cannot barely keep your head above above water. Um, and that is life in that. And it, like I say, it's in flux. You know, this too shall pass. It kind of annoys me that saying, but it's true. I mean, it will. It'll pass. Um, and temptation's not going anywhere either. I mean, you know, this is this is why 
this is why humanity has been governed by, you know, first kind of religious texts and now laws. Um, it, you know, human beings often want to do things that they know aren't going to be that good for them. And that, again, is part of being a human. And that's part of life. And I think when you understand that, say, for example, we'll, I'll put it in a really specific example, you're on your period and you want to eat the whole of Cadbury world, that isn't going to mean that once you've done it, that temptation is not going to come back 10 minutes later, because you're in a period right now where that's how that's how you're going to respond. So understanding that temptation, much like stress, will come and go, and that it is part of the human experience in the same way, and that you don't have to give in to everything all the time. And sometimes it's harder than others because you're tired and you want to and you do, and that's fine. And sometimes you'll be able to pull on some strength from someone and be like, actually, that's not going to serve me, so I'm not going to do that right now. Or even with stress, if this stress isn't serving me right now, it's making this day very hard for me. You know what? I'm going to try and decompress and reframe this. Um, and sometimes you'll you'll fall victim to it, and it's just part of life. And it you're you know doesn't make you weak. It doesn't mean you have a shit life. It just makes you human. Loved that, and I also really loved the idea. And this is che cheesy, but it's kind of what the wave symbolizes on my arm. That like you can experience things and they come and go, and you don't yeah. have to act on these temptations. It's like the ability to just observe observe how you're feeling without necessarily then having to act on it is like gold like that's like the pinnacle of existence that's like monk level so I think like being able to do that it will change your life in many ways and the kind of like comes back to delayed reward as well what do I want now versus what do I want later and what choice am I going to make and a really good question just to ask yourself frequently is what would my future self thank me for yeah and that's not always avoiding so like if we come back to like the Christmas example you might be like this is going to get a little bit morbid, but I think it will prove the point, right? What would my future self thank me for? Having this lovely Christmas dinner, which actually might be the last Christmas dinner that my grandma's at and enjoying it and, and eating the food and being around my family and having a couple of glasses of wine and not worrying about those things and being present or trying to avoid that situation because I don't want to eat mince pies and I'm worried about putting on a pound over Christmas. Like, so what your future self will thank you for isn't always avoiding the mince pie or not eating the extra calories like you you have to really think about these things and think about your values and think about like when I look back would I be annoyed that I'd missed that occasion because I was worried about how many calories were in the meal that I couldn't track because I didn't make it myself or yeah. you know in other situations you might be like what would my future self thank me for sitting alone eating this tub of Ben and Jerry's or actually putting that down having an apple and going to bed early and making sure that tomorrow like I, I get up and do everything that I want to do like okay actually in that situation they're probably your future self is going to thank you for not overindulging so it is very situation specific but I think asking yourself that question is really useful to give yourself perspective when in the moment you often don't have it yeah I agree and also sometimes it's very it, it, again back to the human experience it's a nuanced complicated relationship we have with external factors in our lives including food and it's you know a lot of the time the two can really actually help each other and go hand in hand so like I know like I got I got really obviously into into health and fitness via my ex-boyfriend and when we broke up I like spiraled for like four or five days and just it was like a Domino's pizza Ben and Jerry's fest as then we were saying like every day and on day five I woke up and I was like I don't want to do that anymore I'm done 
And it actually gave me kind of like a new lease, like a new push. So then get my fucking shit together. So sometimes, you know, yin and yang, these things are working together. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, it's about taking a step back in. What is the term? Is it like the 10,000 foot approach? I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like the bird's eye. Just ha- try really hard sometimes to get out your own head and look at the bird's eye view of the situation um, and, and be, go easy on yourself. I think there's um, lots of mental frames for that, isn't there? And I think one that works really well in the EC method is because this group is so supportive and because you all give incredible advice to each other, it's like, if you saw this post from someone else's group, what would you reply saying? even though sometimes that's you that's posting that, like I'm really struggling at the moment, X, Y, Z, like I feel like giving up, I feel like nothing's working. Oh, I've not seen the scale weight drop for three days and I'm really stressed out about it. If you saw that like as a, as a friend or as like a, <clears throat> a co-EC methoder, what would you say? And like viewing it like that, like what would my friend need to hear? What would I tell them in this situation? that can be really useful because when you are like like you're saying like when you are in your own head it's really hard to get perspective and both of those sort of questions like what would you what advice would you give a friend or what advice would you give someone like I think some people which doesn't work so well for me but like what advice would you give someone if you're reading this in a book like if you were the writer of your own life what would you like what what would you do next like what would be the best option for you next and all of these questions like what would your future self thank you for it's all giving you perspective over the situation and that's really important especially when your mood is low when you're tired when you're stressed when you're not that logical when you're not that practical and and normally when we see people slip up here and when people struggle with that most is premenstrual because your mood is so so impacted it's like we're asking you to be rational at a time when it's really freaking hard to be rational speak of the devil yeah the red devil as I'm burning up and can't wear bra because I'm in so much pain (laughs) okay uh next question oh shit I just opened whatsapp sorry ah go away okay Sarah I still don't know how to say this name and I love it Sarah you've got to help me Sarah de la cozy Sarah de la cozy Sarah de la coz I just don't know but it's such a good name just a random question, really. I was listening to a live when someone asked about programming for workouts. Yes, last week. I was just wondering if you've ever considered creating your own EC app. Would love to be able to access the workouts, all the workouts in this program. I think she means it. Oh, all the workouts that you program. Love you, ladies. I love this program. And I love the EC ethos. And then people's, uh, people, people have, people have written underneath it. There is a <laughs> it's the call my pt hub no i'm joking i know what you're saying um i've written this would be epic they've covered this before and it's a no-go it's not she's written oh shame i guess it would be a lot of work she said i'm pretty sure from memory it's because it costs a lot of money yep it's a lot of work and it and i think one of the girls has tried the apps before yeah me i'm sure they'll cover it when they see this yeah so basically it's a shit ton of money you don't need it because all the workouts that we program are on my PT hub now anyway. Um, you, it's incredibly hard. Not only does it cost loads of money to build, but it, it costs loads of money to maintain it. So we're talking about like Courtney Black. She will have a whole company here. She's basically the face of a different company who are running this app and taking a good chunk of money off the top because I know that she's doing really well out of it. Um, 
but it's not her sat there at home running that it doesn't work like that and it costs loads of money to upkeep so i had two or three best-selling apps that were number one in the app charts for i mean nearly i think a full year um and the company spent so much money trying to keep up to date with everything this is when apps were really just becoming a thing especially like work apps and stuff they spent so much money trying to keep it up to date in the end they went bust you know you have to have really good funding behind it and then when i don't do not want to go bust out of our personal income. <laughs> the other thing is, like, there's numerous things to this. One, I think it's recreating the wheel to a large extent. Like, we would essentially be remaking something very similar to my PT Hub and other apps are available, mm. but, but we would own. But actually, we're not a tech company. That's their whole job. And we're coaches. Like, and that's what we love doing is coaching. So we don't want to take away from that. And most, so if you work with someone who's basically delivering via an app, like has their own app, it's more generic. Like it's not, it, there's less like one-to-one coaching in that. It's more just like, here's, here's this app with some videos and some, like it's essentially my PC hub, but it's someone else's. Um, so I think our time and effort is better spent giving you guys more time and effort in actual coaching than developing an app. And it's just not our area of expertise either. And as Chloe's saying, the cost is huge, like way more than what people would think. And then it's about 10% of that initial cost. So for example, one of my friends just developed an app and it's cost him over a hundred thousand yeah. plus about 10% of that a year to maintain. It's been delayed about six times and it's still not like released yet. And I'm like that, I am going to learn from your experience and decide that that isn't what we want to do and really what our like overarching why is and why we want to do this is to help more people and to actually coach people and I guess that's what makes us stand out a little bit from other platforms that are similar or other group coaching programs that are similar where so much of it is external and you don't actually get to really speak to the coaches whereas we are constantly there you guys coaching so yeah, it's, that's it's where the time is being spent, really. Where you see those kind of the, you know, the people who are doing those acts and stuff, you know, it, it's 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 great. They're helping people move. You'll see as well, specifically for women, it's usually all home workouts. And there's a reason why, because they're trying to recoup the money that they're spending doing the app. And they know that there's still a huge bracket of women who are terrified to go into a gym and lift, whether it's because they're terrified of the gym or they're terrified of getting bulky. <laughs> You know, they're terrified. So the reason why it's all home workouts is because they know that's where the mass market is. That's where it's going to sell. Now, not only do Emma and I not stand by that, Emma and I are big, big fans of resistance training and, you know, getting a butt in a gym um, or buying yourself some weights. Um, it, it's really upsetting and absolutely fair to say that it wouldn't sell enough if we did the kind of workouts that we do. It's very upset. I fought tooth and nail with my publishers to get um, Transform Your Body With Weights done. And they, the fee that they gave me was the smallest fee I've ever had in my whole literary career because they didn't think it was going to sell. And you know what? They were right. It didn't fucking sell. And it's one of my favorite books that I've done, if not the favorite book that I've done. And it sold maybe 10% of what the four-week body blitz did. And the four-week body blitz, I would never fucking write again. And Transform Your Body With Weights, I would do volume one, two, three, four, and five. Do you know why that is? Like, it's simple, but do you know why that is? It's easy to sell people what they want, which is a four-week transformation. And it's fucking hard to sell people what they need, which is like Mm -hmm. basic resistance training and long-term support and working on your relationship with food and figuring out 
why you're overeating, not just jumping on another restrictive diet plan. Mm, exactly. And, and it's, it's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting to say, as somebody who is, considers herself to be, you know, really on the front line of health and fitness, especially with women, to turn around to a load of publishers and go, who know nothing about health and fitness and go, you, you were right. Uh, you know my market better than me. It killed me. It fucking killed me. I'm just going to shut the door. I don't even think it's that they know your market better. It's that you've got like, you know what you want to offer and you know what will really help people. And that's what you wanted to deliver as opposed to essentially selling out and being like, yeah, do you know what? What about the three week body blitz? Yeah. And it's, it's so true. It's so true. And you know what is right as well. It's like, um, the, a lot, as Emma said, a lot of the people who are doing these, these apps, they're not, they're not coaching because they're in it for the money. And that's fine. This is a business. And if there's a market, there is, there's an argument to say, you know, every time Emma and I have, well, I should say, I have a little rant about someone, I, you know, a, a, a person or a method that I don't like in, in our industry. Um, it's fair to also say, if there's a market for it, why wouldn't you milk that cow? You, you have the cow, you need the milk, milk it. Like, the, you know, mar- the market dictates, dictates the profession in a way, and it shouldn't, but it does. Um, but, you know, these, a lot of the people who are doing these apps, they're in it to make money. Even when I did my, my, all of my apps, I still was PTing, like face-to-face PTing every day. The apps were just like a, an added thing that I hoped would, you know, take off. Anyway, I don't know why I'm still talking. <laughs> anyway, next question. That's it, we're done. Oh, perfect. That's Excellent. probably why I keep talking, because I know it's over. <laughs> I know it's over and I don't want it to be over. Okay, okay guys, so grads, you will be able to sign up this week there will be a link posted in the group that means that you're going to get support over the christmas period and then anyone listening to the podcast who's like i can't wait to start in january that will soon be released as well and you'll be able to sign up to start january the third yes i have nothing to add i think i've talked enough today (laughs) okay love you all bye